Senator Lundberg has a, an amazing report that he's doing. It's the Lundberg Report, and it is so informative. So welcome, uh, Kevin Lundberg. Well, thank you. It's great being with you. And that website is kevinlundberg.com. And the Lundberg Report, you're putting that out. It typically comes out on Sunday, right, Kevin? I, yeah, I try, I try to assess what, what has happened in the previous week. And uh, uh, so I work on it over the weekend and, and then try to kick it out uh, Sunday or if I'm really uh, quick on Saturday. But <laughs> there's so much to go through. Oh, my gosh. Um, there there are, is. You know, usually, usually about this time, there are maybe one or two issues out there that are major, and yeah, there are a bunch of bills that they're kind of pushing through. But, but uh, they, you know, two or three days before the end of the session, uh, most of the work is done. Not this year. <laughs> they uh, they got so far behind because they pushed such a, a heavy-handed agenda, and 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 I want to thank the Republican. Uh, caucus uh, down there in the House and the Senate because they've been pushing back. They've been saying no. They've been push, putting amendments forward and, and, and really fighting this tooth and nail, even though they don't have the votes. They've got a lot of the process, and they're doing what they need to do. Well, and, you know, call me naive, but I used to think that uh, the House floor and the floor of the Senate was a place where there would be deliberation regarding bills, that they would be brought forward. But I realize. You know, these these uh, legislators have been been influenced. They've been working on these very bad bills, you know, over the summer, you know, and before they get here. And, and um, you know, so, I mean, I just found that the, just the, the sheer volume of bills was just astounding to me. There's no way that you could debate all these. Well, the volume of big controversial bills, if you look at the total number of bills, it's about average. About 600 bills get uh, introduced every year. But... The vast majority are are simple things that that and there are several of those. But uh, um, you know, um, when one party and and uh, that's called the Democrats get in charge, uh, they they seem to go wild. And um, I was down there for 16 years, and and I saw it a couple of other times. First time when when Bill Ritter was elected. Uh, um, uh, governor, and they had both the House and the Senate. They threw out a couple of really wild-eyed bills, and they pushed them through, like um, a heavy-handed regulation of the oil and gas industry. That's something that Ritter wanted to have, and and that was a big battle we had. But but then we were done, <laughs> and we went back to kind of the regular business of of um, making laws. And by the end of the session, we'd wrapped it up. Um, then in 2013, they had another big push when, um, well, Hickenlooper was the governor, and they had the House and the Senate, and they decided to dump a bunch of, uh, uh, of bills. Actually, there are two different times. One was, was a bunch of tax bills, and then the other one, the one that really got everybody's ire, was all of the uh, gun bills that right. they dropped all at once. In the middle of the session, though, I'm going to say, in the middle of the session, and then they pushed through all that, and, and yeah, there were a few recalls that occurred, so a lot of uh, uh, pushback from from we the people. But uh, again, by this time at the end of the session, it was pretty much at least the calendar was under control. This year, they've thrown big bill after big bill after big bill, and some of them they've just uh, they haven't worked them through. For example, the first big bill they pushed, House Bill 
1032, which is the, the, the big sex education bill that requires every public school, including charter schools, to abide by these, uh, these strict, very left-leaning policies, uh, to, to put it nicely, um, that bill is still on the calendar. It was laid over yesterday. Uh, in in the Senate, and um, I, I don't know when they're going to deal with that. I know this, that if they're going to push this bill through, they have to um, deal with it at least by Thursday in second reading, and then Friday, the uh, the, the final vote in the Senate. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, I've never seen this, and and I talked to legis- uh, or lobbyists, I should say, who've been around there for 30 years, and they just shake their head in disbelief and, and you know, because we've seen big bad bills come up, but we've never seen this many, and this we've volume. never seen it with with such an out of control calendar. Um, well, and, they, and a real disdain, you know, you know Senator Lundberg, uh, a real disdain is almost for the people. Uh, and so, what has happened here is I, I was jokingly saying, you know, we're going we're organizing this rally for May tenth. Uh, StandforColorado.com, and I and I jokingly say I'm taking their word, the intersectionality, and they they try to to use that. They're trying to push people to all these descriptors to bring them to an intersection where they all all vote together. And so I'm like I'm I'm going to take that word. And the first time I ever heard that word, I think it was a made up word, was when I was on city council. It was coming out of kids going to college, and then I've talked to college professors, and that's a word they use all the time. So I'm saying this is an intersectionality. Of people with issues that they're very yeah. concerned about, and it is across the spectrum, particularly on this forced vaccination bill. Senator, Senator Lumberg, yeah. I have read it, and, and, and I've thought a lot about this. And, and um, this is what's been happening in Colorado and America for a long time. The far left, uh, this is no longer the Democrat Party of JFK and your grandpa, grandpa and grandma. This is a totally, totally different. uh, This is a a socialist, socialism is force. Uh, This is that bolder Democrats that have taken over this. Um, But uh, like the forced vaccination bill, there are are women that have reached out to me that have said, thank you for talking about this. Nobody else is. I've been a Democrat for my whole life. And all of a sudden I'm realizing that it's not really the Democrats that care about me. It's really the people that have been down there, as you mentioned, the, the Republican legislators, you know, they stayed on the floor and debated that vaccination bill while most of the, the Democrats left for a while and then came back for the vote. And those moms that were up there in the gallery watching, they were astounded at what they saw. That uh, wouldn't surprise me at all that that, uh, you know, a lot of legislators just packed up and left and and, uh, you know, I've uh, always contended that uh, the vast majority, I'll kind of say by guesstimate, guesstimate, uh, 95% or 98% of all votes cast are determined on election day because it's who is down there, not all the, you know, we we think of of lawmakers coming and debating and, you know, having great discourse and Mm -hmm. considering all the angles and then finally voting one way or the other. Well, that's not the way I've seen it work in the legislature. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty much predetermined by who elected you, and uh, um, oftentimes that's not just the people from your district, but that's some big special interest, something. And and I'll I know that that uh, it the the Democrats they vote in a big block because they know who elected them, and that's the party, that's the the power behind the party, if you will. 
And in this particular case, they've just pushed so hard. And I've worked with a lot of these people. I was down there last year. I've been, you know, some of some of the uh, folks in the Senate have uh, been there almost as long as I was. And uh, they uh, they know better. They should know better. But but there is this. What do you call it? Intersectionality, yeah. <laughs> which I, I think is 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 a nice term for we're going to force you to follow our plan uh, or you're not going to be here anymore. Um, and, and that word yeah. force, uh, I, I continue to hear that there are studies out there that that most millennials, uh, I think most people don't want government force in their lives. And uh, so we are seeing the veil is off on this down there at the legislature. And I I mean, I think it's tough right now in Colorado, but I think we have a heck of an opportunity. Uh, So, Senator Lumberg, let's go to to break. I want to have you talk about just a few of these bills, but I'd also like to have you chat just a little bit about the opportunity that we have here in Colorado. Uh, If if we care about freedom instead of force, I think there's a great opportunity. So this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. We'll be right back. We are having a conversation with former uh, state senator Kevin Lundberg talking about uh, what's going on down at the state house. I've got your Lundberg report up right here, Senator Lundberg, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I don't even know where you would want to start. Uh, <laughs> felons yeah. to vote. Yeah, well, uh, what? I mean, it's astounding to me what's going on. So why don't you choose maybe? Three that people aren't aware of that they should be concerned about that's on this list. Oh, boy. Uh, well, here's one that hasn't gotten a lot of attention, but I think is huge. And and that's the uh, climate action plan bill they have. And, and uh, you've got the report in front of you. So tell me which number that well, is. Well, let's it's see. A, There's so many. House, here. It's a House bill. Well, I'll find yeah, it I here. Know. I'll find it here. Five on there. But let me explain the bill, because the number is not important. What it's going to do is, and they were debating this on the on the Senate floor. That's on Monday when they went till 5.30 in the morning. Can you believe it? Uh, that's, yeah, I, I mean, they're just driving them uh, it's crazy. Anyway, this bill will require all carbon emissions to be reduced by 2025 by 50%. 2025, that's... You know, a little over five years from now, mm-hmm. and by 2030, by um, or no, no, it's 30 percent, and then it's 50 percent by 2030, I believe. Uh, okay, anyway, well, it, it might be is it, it might be this House Bill 1313 eliminate. It'll be 80 percent of CO2 from electric utilities by 2030. Yeah. Is that it? N- no, it's a no, different one. Actually, that's okay. yeah, that's a different. That's just electric utilities. Don't worry about the number. Okay, worry about the issue because the issue is to actually take all, all of carbon emissions out of the picture. I think by 2050, they wanted, they, they wanted either a 90% or 80% or something like that. And that's everything. That, that means um, uh, driving your car down the, the street will probably be banned on certain days because that's about the only thing they can do to, to lower that. That means utilities will have to do what, what 1313 does, which is to eliminate most of their carbon output, which means all coal-fired, will have to go away very quickly. Um, th- this, this is just, um, it's, if you talk to somebody in one of these industries who's really going to be straight with you, because some of them are just playing the game and saying, oh, yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll do it, knowing that it's, com- 
that it's scientifically impossible. Impossible. <laughs> impossible unless you ram us back into the dark ages or the state goes into a deep depression where no one lives here because no one has a job here and therefore very little activity occurs. Um, I, I, I just shake my hand, head in disbelief over that one. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, let, let, let's jump to another Well, there was one that you topic. mentioned, and, and uh, yeah. somebody mentioned it to me the other day about this unclaimed uh, fund, uh, oh, and even like gift yeah, cards. Yeah, unclaimed property fund. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, well, the unclaimed property fund is is something that, that the state holds. The state treasurer um, administers this, and it's uh, they receive any any dollars that aren't claimed or any other things of value, and there's a whole procedure as to how that occurs. Well, this is a trust fund that the state holds for the people of Colorado. And uh, not everybody claims their dollars, but what the state has done from time to time is they've dipped into that trust fund. And, and those are not state dollars. Those are dollars. That, that's money that, that's held in trust for them. Anyway, they've dug in from time to time, and I became quite aware of this when I was on the Joint Budget Committee, and taken out millions and millions of dollars to the tune of, of uh, I think it was like three or, let's say, $300 million out of this fund, even though I think it was even higher. But this year, they've got two bills out there, one to take $40 million out of the fund uh, for um, – uh, for for an affordable housing grant program, and then another one to take thirty million dollars out of the fund for uh, highway transportation. Now, I like building new roads. I think that should be a priority. But let's use the 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 state's dollars, not dollars that they're holding in trust. Mm-hmm. And um, the the reason this is a big deal is that they are spending that at a rate that they cannot sustain. Uh, because there, there's another ongoing program for the adult dental program that pulls out somewhere between 20 and $30 million a year. And you add all that up, and, and one of the economists of the Joint Budget staff last year said, you know, if we have a recession, judging by the money that goes into this fund and comes out of the fund, we're going to be bankrupt. It's kind of like the Social Security Fund in, in miniature, if you will. Mm-hmm. We're spending more than we've got. And it's just one of those irresponsible actions of, of uh, legislators who can't think beyond next year's budget. Well, uh, somebody mentioned also to me that, like, if you, uh, you know, get a gift card and you don't use your gift card, that that money's mm-hmm. going to go into this fund as well. Well, yes, eventually it does end up there. Uh, and there's, um, I, I had a bill last year that I tried to run through the Joint Budget Committee that, that would have dealt with some of that stuff because uh, I discovered my, you can go online and you can find out if, if you have any money coming from you, and I discovered that my wife does. She's got 12 cents from a bank <laughs> that somehow wasn't collected somewhere, and that's listed on there. And, and so there's, you know, there's some nonsense things like that. I mean, uh-huh. you know, I decided 12 cents, I, we're, we're not going to work through this process. But but there are, you know, it, it, it amounts to, I think we've collected $1.3 billion over the life of the fund and uh, paid out about, uh, uh, I don't know, three or four hundred million or so, maybe 500 million. 
But there, and there is only about $300 million being held in the fund. So you can do the math. We've been spending the rest of the money. Um, it's, it's a complicated deal that, that I don't find a whole lot of rational response to. Uh, it's, it's like para. You know, oh, and there's, there's a bill out there. Um, you know, we, we wrestled to try to uh, para, which is the public uh, employee uh, retirement uh, system, um, it is not on a sustainable path, or wasn't. Last year, we passed some legislation that helped stabilize that. Well, this year, they're coming back, and they're undoing some of that. So there, there was one uh, area of peril where they said, well, we're really not going to bolster as much as we were before. Um, this this is another example of legislators who, who just can't look beyond the next year and uh, refuse to really face the long-term reality of what it will take to sustain what's a very important fund, uh, the retirement for the, you know, all of the people who've worked for government here in, in the state of Colorado, or most of them at least. Um, you know, one, one of the things that's really struck me this year is it's not just, you know, going after the guns or going after more taxes. Um, what it's amounting to this year is every aspect of life seems to be on this. Right. You know, you called it socialist. I would, I would uh, say that means taxing and spending and controlling. I like the terms you use. Uh, uh, it's, it's a matter of force or freedom. And they've chosen force. Because whenever you empower the government with bigger and more it means we're forcing the people into that particular box that they decide. And this nation was founded on the principle, and this state was founded on the principle, that we the people should be in charge of our own lives. And government is there as a very necessary and appropriate part of civilization, but it's not to force everybody into, you know, these little boxes of life. It's, it's to... Uh, to you know, empower us to be all we can be as as God has created us, not as government as uh, dictated to us. Right, and uh, government is supposed to stay out of the way and uh, let people, yeah. Yeah. you know, go after their own prosperity. And the the veil truly is off on this, uh, Senator Lundberg. We've got just a couple of minutes, mm-hmm. and in all this, as bad as this is, I mean, it is awful. Uh, I, as I look at the, again, it's freedom versus force, but I'm encouraged. The veil is off, and I think there is something happening in Colorado. I think that something is, and I was with a bunch of women last week, and the conversation mm-hmm. was so hopeful that we take a stand here in Colorado, stand for Colorado, our rally, take a stand here, and that that we're going to take a stand against all this. We've got an opportunity, and that that is then going to go out to the whole nation. I agree with you 100 percent, and, and uh, I would add a point of an imperative point to it too. It's this is not business as usual in politics this year, not in Colorado. Um, it it has exploded so much, and so much has been put in place that if we the people do not respond uh, and say enough, and we're going to change this. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we'll have another opportunity to, to really step up and defend our freedoms for not just you and me, but our kids and, and we, our grandkids. And we have a responsibility to, to do that for sure. So, Senator yes. Lundberg, that website is, uh, let's see, it's uh, kevinlundberg.com. 
KevinLundberg.com. I'd highly recommend that you sign up for your weekly report as well so that you can stay apprised of what's going on because we need to, to take the – people say, oh, I don't, I don't like politics. Uh, you know, I'm not into politics, but politicians are into you, so you need to be informed. Exactly. Absolutely. And, yeah, you go to the website and just sign up for the newsletter, and we'll keep you posted with all the things. I, I serve as the executive director for the Republican Study Committee of Colorado, and that, that's kind of the, for, the, the, the forum I have to get the word out, and, and that's the idea is to make people aware of what's happening to them through the state of Colorado. Well, most definitely. So that's KevinLundberg.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Uh, Senator Lundberg, thank you so much.